This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Kicking lifers out there, how the heck we doing today? Boy, oh boy, we've got a great show, another great show, I should say. This is episode number 46, if you can believe that, and we've got a super special guest on. He's been on before, which, you know, sent our ratings through the roof, and hopefully he got a lot of kickback on it as well with his new book out. And uh, you know what? Without further ado, I'm just going to jump right into this thing, because our, our Daily Lion quote of the day from Become the Lion, hashtag Become the Lion, this pretty much speaks about everything our guest is. And the quote today is, we need more lions and fewer sheep. There are too many sheep running around in society, but there aren't enough people willing to stand up, be themselves, be who they were born to be, and live their best possible life. Our guest today just released a new, it's going to be a bestseller. This book is absolutely awesome. It's Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger. He's an eighth-degree black belt. He's got so many incredible things going on, not only with the martial arts community, with his personal life and his family and his whole philosophy on life is mindful living, checking your ego, if you will, living life, being humble to live your best possible life. And by doing that, the code of the samurai, to serve, to do for others, to help them become their very, very best. And that's how you truly reach success. And I tell you, the impact this gentleman has had on my life, it's unbelievable. Met him five or six years ago and really trying to change my thinking, made me realize that I'm a better person than I was, made me peel back the layers of the onion, so to speak. He loves the reference Shrek. And help discover inside there. And without further ado, I give to you, I present to you, Professor Brandon Beliso. How are you, sir? Hey, what's happening, Rich? I'm, I'm doing really well. Awesome. Thank you for having me aboard. Well, gosh, absolutely. Thank you very much for being a part of it. And uh, uh, our last episode was outstanding. And I just finished listening to, I know you did a podcast with another gentleman. Uh, that was outstanding as well. Just talking about the things you talk about, just being a better person, being the person you can be, but most importantly, to serve others. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I, I think really, you know, you say the influence that I had on you five or six years ago, I think energy is mutual, you know, the influence you have on me was just as great to be inspired to have that conversation you and I had that time at the super show. Um, if you weren't everything you were willing to be the best version of yourself that day and all the chaos and the lights and the glitz and the glam of Las Vegas, I might not have been present enough to recognize the greatness that was standing in front of me, you know, just to share with you that it's there. And I think it's for all of us, right? It's can we recognize on a daily basis, just how amazing we are with, you know, the gift that we are, that God's created. Each of us is so unique and so different and so special, but it's so much easier to stand in line, fall in line like sheep, not wanting to, you know, go against the, against the current. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing time we're in. And I just, and you made that one statement, it just resonated with me really fast that 
You know, I'm just a reflection of you, sir. Oh, That's all it is. Boy, oh, boy. That, that, that really touches my heart in a special way. And, and folks out there listening, I'm telling you, we talk about humility. As a matter of fact, I, I just, and I'm not even sure if I shared this with you, sir, but just the influence of, I guess, you know, helping me believe in me to take it to the next level. And uh, Mr. Randy Reed, the uh, founder of Dojo Nation Times, asked me if I'd be interested in being a columnist for his magazine. And, oh, my gosh, humbled and honored beyond words. Well, the first article I submitted uh, earlier this week was Ego versus Humility, which is actually the first right. chapter in my book. And it's all about peeling back those layers uh, of, of being who you are. But you've got to check your ego. And I know you and I have talked extensively on this. And being in the martial arts community, we've got uh, some very, very strong egos. And I think that's putting it lightly with uh, everybody, you know, as far as machoism and uh, being a tough guy and my style is better than your style. And, you know, you, you teach kids, so therefore you're not a man. And we've heard all these things before. And right. be honest, right. I've unfortunately thought a lot of these things due to, I guess, my background and in the past and everything that went on there. But if I kept living there, that's all I would never grow out of that. And I actually just today gave you a uh, review on your book. I can't believe it took this long. So folks out there, if you've not picked up uh, Professor Brandon Blios's book, Live, Learn and Grow Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger, make sure you do it. Now, it, he just recorded it on Audible as well. And I just finished listening to that. Outstanding job, sir, with the recording. I'm sure that wasn't easy, but man, oh man, outstanding job. <laughs> Well, there's a little bit of history which was so cool about that. I was sitting in this recording studio. It took about eight hours to record the book. And I'm sitting there looking around, and there's a poster of Jurassic Park. There's one of Star Wars. And so I asked the engineer, I said, you know, whose studio is this? And it was the studio where Steven Spielberg conceptualized Jurassic Park and where they did much of the first original Star Wars film with George Lucas. So, and then I walked into the theater where they said home of THX. And it was a theater that held about 150 people. So to record that book in that type of history was pretty overwhelming, but it was also so inspiring just to sit there behind the microphone knowing that could have Spielberg or Lucas sat in this chair? You oh, know? man. Super cool. That, that's Super goosebumps cool. right there. But um, Yeah, yeah it was very cool. The um, Something that really, really, and I know we've talked about it before, but it's in the book, uh, really resonated with me once again about peeling back the layers of the onion, so to speak, a Shrek reference. But it's all about inside. We can't change the outside environment. We can't change what's going on. We can only take care of us. And it starts with us. And I, I, the last podcast you're on there, I just listened to it. And I forgot the gentleman's name. Do you happen to remember that, sir? Mm, not offhand. I think it's no, no, Ninja. Anyway, it was it was a great <laughs> show. But uh, Oh, right, 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 right. The one I did with Adam Kiefer or it might have been Tom Hudson. The, the one I just sent you with Tom Hudson. Tom Hudson, yep, yep. And um, anyway, you, you'd mentioned about just how you can't control what's going on in North Korea, what's going on in China, what's going on in Syria. Um, and it, it really, you know, hit me as well because my parents all the time, when I talk to them, they'll say, Richie, you don't know what's going on in the world today. That's dangerous. And I'm like, there's nothing I can do about that. But I do know if I let those outside influences, you know, plant negative seeds in my mind, you know, I'm popping up negative weeds and that's all I'm focusing on. That's going to have a direct impact on what I do. Now, I'm not naive to what's going on with the world, but I choose not to watch the news. I choose not to watch a lot of TV. I choose to do those things. And by making that choice, and, and folks, that's all it is. It's a simple choice. doesn't mean it's easy, but it is a simple choice of just refusing to do it. And uh, I cut out uh, cable. We've got Sling TV now and Netflix for the kids, but we don't watch a lot of TV at the Grogan House simply because it's what, what value, what input am I getting back for my most sacred commodity? 
And that's time. We can never make up more time, regardless how little or how much money we have. We've all got 24 hours in the day. So by you saying that, I was like, yes, that's another connection point. Well, I think really, especially in a Western culture, we reach for external devices any kind of distraction so we don't have to really look at ourselves and do that type of work. So whether it's TV, whether it's a, you know, iPhone, whether it's an iPad, whatever. And the words of Titnot Han, I don't need a smartphone to tell me I'm smart. I don't need a Fitbit to tell me I'm healthy. I think people are so disconnected with themselves today because of technology and all the distractions that are there, not to mention just daily life, raising kids, running a business, all those other things that, that go along with life. Um, to take that time and truly turn inward. I share that in, in my book, uh, Live, Learn and Grow. I went on a three-year type of celibacy, three-year of this inward journey where I didn't date, I didn't hang out with anybody. And I spent a lot of time, you know, kind of like walking through the desert like Jesus did. I mean, I spent that time alone to learn to love myself, warts and all. See, that's it, is, is we want to compartmentalize, Rich. We want to love this part of us and just ignore that part. But the part that I'm most ashamed of, whether it's inappropriate behavior, thought, anything I've done, mistakes in my life, if I'm so ashamed of it, I just want to brush it under the rug. Guess what? I never love that part of me. And it is a part of me. Every mistake I've ever made is a part of me. Everything I've ever done wrong is a part of me. And somewhere in there is an amazing lesson to be learned to help me become a better version of myself. But because I'm so ashamed of it or somebody criticized me or because I hurt somebody, so I want to hide it. I'm never going to heal those parts of myself. So during that three years, I was writing letters to people that I knew I hurt and burning them, you know, at the beach. I was doing everything. I made amends where I could, but some I had to write letters, people who had already passed away, and I burned them. And then what's so amazing about that is the last letter I wrote was to myself. Oh, nice. To but myself. And I just spent that time, you know, really going through all the different things I'd really done. I mean, I've hurt a lot of people, you know, throughout my life being young and dumb, but the person I hurt the most, who I never recognized, was me. And I hurt myself the most, Rich, because of my own low self-esteem, my own low self Yep. No, and I think that's absolutely fabulous. We, we talked about it to get back to uh, compartmentalize. You know, you're, you're going to take and choose. I'm going to like almost, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, what, what do you call it, a la carte. Well, I'm going to take this. I'm not going to take this. You know, I'm going to be responsible for this. I'm not going to be responsible for this. It's you. That is your life, your story, your picture, your painting, if you will. And uh, I love how you say you got to love warts and moles and all because that's who you are. And if you don't peel back the layers, I know I keep going to that, but that is so darn powerful inside, changing who you are to be a better person. And I've shared with you, you know, over the past five years, five years ago, I wasn't even sure I could read, but I've read over 100 books in the last five years and thousands upon thousands of hours of audiobooks and attended countless conferences. But without doing that, without taking that first step, obviously, I never would have met you. Uh, my life wouldn't be the same as it is right now. I never would have left the organization that I was with for 20, almost 26 years, which is a lifetime. And, you know, that, that kind of brings into a point. And I know we've, you've talked about it in your book. You talked about it on the last podcast and uh, uh, a lot of your videos. It's you are a product of who you surround yourself with the most. And we've read that, you know, Jim Rome was famous for saying that, but it's true. It is so, so true that the four to five people or, I don't know, 100 or 200 people, whoever your core group is, they're going to have a dramatic impact on your life. And, you know, I was living with that federation and boy, oh boy, I didn't feel good about myself, but I just didn't have the uh, courage or confidence or I couldn't check the ego in order to step out away from that. So, and I know you talk about well, that. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, you know, going back to peeling away those layers, that was just one of the layers. You know, of Richie, that was one of the layers. 
That yes, whole organization, that whole time you spent, that was a big layer, a really big, thick, thick layer that you had to peel away because, you know, it's all unauthorized thought patterns. It's not your truer self. At birth, you were born true. And then one day somebody said, good, rich, bad, rich. Oh, first set of values. Yep. Okay, if I do this, everybody approves of me. If I don't do this, then I'm going to get punished and people are disappointed with me. Okay, first set of values. Then it could have been the first bully in school, the first girl you fell in love with, the first teacher you had a crush on. You know, it could have been falling off your bike, could have been winning a championship, losing a championship. All those different things become layers and layers and layers. And pretty soon you are buried. Your true self is buried under all of them. So it's that process, as they say in Zen, the unlearning of what you've learned. So as you peel away each one of those layers, eventually you get to a, a point of nothingness. There's nothing there. And it's only in that pure place of nothingness that I make right choices, that I make good decisions. That's why that's saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You can't. Because they're buried under so many layers, they're not willing to change. They suffer from a fixed mindset where we truly know the path to being a better version of yourself every day is a learning or a growth mindset. And that's the key to success. The key to success is in change and growth, not standing still. So if you're not willing to do that, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong, people mistake me a lot. They'll say, well, that's my value. My value is integrity to do the right thing. You know, and, and, and that's not the right thing. What? Learning and growing is not the right thing. Opening your mind to the unlimited potential is not the right thing. I beg to differ. So please don't allow the ego to stand between learning and growth and your values, your true values. See, because when people differ all the time, rationalize their behavior, rationalize what they do, and mistaking it for values. Classic example, and I'm going to call them out, some of these evangelists that sit there and point fingers from their glass houses, bilking people out of millions and millions of dollars you know, in the name of God. And they'll point a finger at everybody without looking at the three that are pointed back at themselves. Yes, and they say it's in the name of God. And they say it's in the name of God. So I was very mindful of my of that, that is this really a true core value? When I say integrity to do the right thing, okay, the right thing is to be true to myself, you know, and not allow this person uh, to victimize me, right? Yes, is, is it really, or is it my ego? So that, that's always a very thin line to walk. And it's, it's something we need to practice and master on a daily basis. And it's just a system, Rich, of checks and balances. You know, from a very, that's why I'm very passionate about humility, living from a point of humility, because if I do, it's devoid of the ego. And I, I will make better choices to serve not only me, but to serve the better to humankind. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And um, folks, just a, another shout out there. All these lessons and so many more are in uh, Professor Brandon Beliso's book, Live, and, uh, Live, Learn, Grow, Lessons of Reluctant Tiger. And you can pick it up at Amazon. You can also listen to the audio version of it on Audible. And is there other outlets for that, sir, other than Audible? Uh, yeah, it's also on Kindle. So you can get oh. it at iTunes. You can get it at iTunes. You can get it at, at um, of course, Audible. So it's at iTunes and Audible. Then you can get it and download it you know, if you want to put it on your Kindle. And some people like to read that way or it's in hardcover. So all three mediums that, that are out there are, are available. And, and after you read it, please go to Amazon, give them a five-star review, and a little shout-out. Uh, I've read the book, I don't know, uh, it was probably a month ago, and I just went today to Amazon to put the review on because we all get caught up and we forget. Yeah. So I'm giving you a little shout-out and a little reminder. When you're done, all that does is it helps spread the word of what's going on and help us as a community form the tribe of being our very, very best. And if we don't let others in our tribe know, other positive forward thinkers, uh, people with a growth mindset, if we don't let them know about other books and other resources and other speakers and uh, motivators that are out there, they're never going to know. And we all got to push ourselves outside that comfort zone. So that's why it's so important to, you know, when you read something you really enjoy, 
or you well i guess let me back up here we're often too often eager to give a negative give a one-star review or complain well you know what let's be just as eager to give a five-star review a positive to help spread the positivity to help our tribe continue to grow because as we know we're inundated with negativity so let's collectively work together and well, uh, but but know that we, you know let's talk about that yin and that yang for a minute rich yes sir right there is no positive without negative yeah. <laughs> right. And the wonderful thing about so the rain is it gives and it gives way to the light of a new day. See, yeah. the thing is, we put so much weight on happiness. We put so much weight on positive. You know, there's no difference. Being positive is, is, is has no greater value or weight than being negative. It's just our own perception. See, and that's just that we want everything to be a Hallmark greeting card. And if it's not a Hallmark greeting card, we're just shattered. We're just, you know, yeah, we're whereas fragile. if you look at like, well, if you look at a lot of Buddhist pre, uh, teachings, Suffering is part of life. And if you're not okay with suffering, then you're going to have a really, really hard time. People will die. We will lose jobs. We will fail. We will come up short. But if I can smile and celebrate through those challenges, if I can smile and overcome, and, and, that's, and, and that's really important because, Rich, we're all going to suffer. Yes, and when it's time to suffer, when somebody dies that I love dearly, I cry, I hurt, I'm sad. But then I turn around and celebrate that person's life by living my life to the best that I can each and every day that I'm given here. Because I think it's just a reminder when somebody I love passes that we're all here on borrowed time, right? We're all one phone call away. And that's not a negative thing. That's, that's a very wonderful, positive, engaging thing. So I try to share that actually with people. They say, you're the raw, raw guy. I said, no, no, no. Believe me, I've been so low that I've looked up out of that hole. I didn't think there was any way out. I've been on both sides of that coin. So I understand both really, really well. I just choose, even on the worst days, to put a smile on my face, suit up, show up, and participate in this thing called life. Right. And that's a choice. And that's why my TED Talk, if you listen to that, Happy yeah. on Purpose, I really talk about you know being happy by choice. Even on the worst of days, it's your choice. I can sit there in my corner and climb on my pity pot and go, poor me, poor me. Or I can go for a walk. That's awesome. Right? And listen to my heartbeat and be grateful I'm alive. But... Without suffering and understanding suffering, how do you know how to process it, Rich? Yep. It's like sitting on the sidelines and going, block this kick this way, block this kick this way. <laughs> Until someone kicks you, yeah, and then you, someone kicks you, and, and you block it wrong, and you bruise your arm, or they like, kick oh, you in the head. Yeah. You, well, and, and you know that. Sometimes when you get kicked in the head really hard, you, you block it the next time. Yeah. You block, and, and that's a positive reaction. That's a positive reaction to a negative situation. Oh, I just got kicked in the head. That hurts. That's pretty negative. So you know what? I'm going to turn it to a positive. I'm going to learn to block this thing yeah, next time. Absolutely. So that's, what, that's really what I'm trying to say. Don't ignore your feelings. Honor every feeling. That's important, too. I do not see the world through rose, you know, rose-colored no. glasses, as the old cliche goes. I see the world for what it is and choose to master myself through that to find some peace, to find serenity, and to find happiness. At, at any point in, in your life. And that's why people, you know, rich people expected a business book. For, they really wanted a business book. And when I sat and wrote that book, I decided, you know what business I'm in? I'm in the business of me. That's who I'm really in business with. And I'm learning to master that business, better that business, improve that business, you know, so I can serve people better. Yeah, it's, well, and it, it is a, a life business book about live, live, learn, and grow. You know, your best possible mm -hmm. life. And, and as you'd mentioned, you know, and my listeners know all the time, I talk about not if, but when life knocks you down as it's going to, you've got two choices. You lay there and cry about it and hope somebody picks you up. Or you say, you know what? All right, I took a shot there. As you'd like to, I caught that round kick in the head. I'm going to get my darn block up next time to defend myself. I'm going to get myself back up. And 
you know, all successful people we hear about all the time, they've had their ups and downs. And it's sort of like if it's, uh, we don't have a rainy day, we don't fully appreciate a sunny day. So you got to have both. And I think that's, oh my gosh, excellent the way you put it. But also I want the listeners and everybody, when you share this for others, and yeah, we'd love it if you quote some of the things we talk about here. Because once again, sharing that message to build that tribe is you have a choice. And I know you reference the matrix all the time with, you know, is it the blue pill or the red pill? It's not like when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, you may not feel very good because maybe you didn't sleep very well. Maybe you stayed up late. Maybe you're worried you have a sick kid. Maybe your job's in jeopardy, danger. Who knows? Everybody's got their own uh, battles they're fighting. But when you get up, and would you mind sharing, uh, I was about to say it, but I want you to say it if you don't mind, sir, what you talk about, being mindful of the breath when you wake up, especially on the days when you don't feel like getting up. Well, I think routine is important. You know, the rituals that we put in place to create that mindset is super, super important. Uh, I mean, think of an old 57 Chevy. I can't stand here from my window and say, turn on car, right? <laughs> I have to walk up to the car, stick the key in the door, turn the key, open the door, sit down, put on my seatbelt, stick the key in the ignition and turn the car on. Well, those types of rituals or systems or processes need to be um, utilized. People laugh at me because I always wear black because I don't want to think about that stuff. I'm not big on fashion, so I know everything I have is black. No matter what I put on, it's going to match. So I don't want to spend my mindset deciding what clothes I need to wear and what's the latest fashion hip hop. So my morning ritual, when I wake up in the morning, and this is unless you know my son's kicking me in the head or something, um, I lie there. And the first thing I do is I breathe in. And I say to myself, mindfully, I am breathing. And when I breathe out, I say, I am grateful. I get to live, live my life for another day. I'm so grateful that I get that opportunity. Then I breathe in again. I am breathing as I breathe out. I go through my gratitude list, my wife, my kids, my health, my prosperity, my ability to take my prosperity and, and affect change and make a difference in other people's lives. And, and I just go through that because if you create that mindset before my feet ever hit the ground, I'm going to hit the ground running. Even on the days, you know, I'm up late because I like to stay up late. The kids go to bed about nine or so. I write. That's when I do some of my best work. But guess what? Every day I need to be up because the kids are up, right? And we got to go about our day. So yes, rituals are very important and whatever it takes. Some people wake up and turn on Katrina and, and the waves. I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> whatever works. You know, whatever works for you. But please be in the business of you. But being in the business of you without ego, you know, as they say, you do you, boo-boo. You do you. You know, all the uh, <laughs> comedians will say that. I think it's silly because you do you is filled with ego. It's not, you know, because you do you is hard to do. It's really hard to do. It's not easy to do you. You know, I know it's not easy to do myself. I'm getting closer to mastering that on a daily basis, but um, it's not easy some days. Oh, that's incredible. I wake up and I, I, and I don't like myself. I wake up some days and, and I'm not motivated. And those are the days where I really need to kick it in the gear. I really need to pull up my bootstraps and get in, this, get in there and do this thing called life. Because like you said, life will do it without you. Time will go by so quickly. And you wake up and go, what happened to the past two years of my life that I sat and I squandered because I was poor me, poor me. And some people get into that, which can lead to depression, can lead to so many other elements that are so unhealthy. Yes, sir. You know, so unhealthy. It does. So it is. It is a system of checks and balances. But I embrace my negativity. I embrace my suffering just as much as I embrace my happiness. That is the yin and the yang that I talk about so passionately. Because what do people do? Oh, I don't feel good. Let's go shopping. I just bought a bunch of stuff I don't really want or need. <laughs> oh, but I wanted to avoid my feelings, right? Yeah. A quick little hit, right? I, I, Dopamine hit, right. and then now you got to pay the right. price Let's, later. <laughs> right, right. So you've got to honor those feelings, but having a method, 
know, I like journaling is good for me. My Facebook lives, uh, I do those sessions every week now live. So my, my life is right out there. I got my butt in the wind, but yes, you know, th- those types of things, you've got to honor it. You've got to value them. You got to embrace them. But to do that in such an artistic way, Rich, where you're not stepping on other people, where you're not pointing fingers at other people, that can only be done without the ego or without beating yourself up too much. That can only be done without the ego. I can play daddy tapes in my head all day long, you know, and, and my dad, who's my coach, my instructor, my father, everything. I can play daddy tapes all day long and beat myself up, but that's not, that's not healthy, right? No, sir. That is not healthy. So recognizing that and being okay with that process and know with that sense of faith, which is so important, the spiritual aspect, whatever that means for you, it's your own personal journey. But without that sense of spirituality on the worst of days, I still have faith that it can't rain all the time. Nice. That's a reference from The Crow, folks, if uh, you haven't seen that that's movie. Right. Ran and Lee there. All, all the time. I reference that. But, you know, that's that when he did that interview just because he died, right? Yes, sir. He did that interview where he says, how many more full moons are we really going to yeah. see? How many? And his reference to that it was just so poignant, not because he died, but just for what in a statement by itself. Yep. You know, how many more full moons are we going to see? And you're going to squander it being in a relationship that you don't really want to be in, you're going to squander it doing some job that you can't stand, but out of fear you cling to that job because you think it's security when really it's your death sentence. Are you going to do that? And as an entrepreneur, anybody out there that is an entrepreneur, a small business person, we take some of the biggest risks possible, but I do it every day with a sense of faith. Yeah. Wow. Goosebumps, goosebumps. Great stuff as always. Um, and I want to uh, jump back just a little bit about uh, guys making that choice in the morning. And that's all it is, is a choice. I mean, be honest, what I used to do was before I even rolled out of bed, before I even said hello or kissed my wife, I would go right to my phone and check emails. And boy, oh boy, you talk about starting the day on a negative foot because you're always putting out fires with the emails. And I don't know, through countless uh, motivational speakers and everything else and listen to you and Kyoshi Dave Kovar and Master Melody Schumann, Chip Townsend. I mean, the list goes on and on of positive influences that I've chose to surround myself with now. I don't do that anymore. Matter of fact, I usually don't get to the emails until 1030 or 11 o'clock. And that's by design. What I do prior to that is get up, I'll look at my motivational apps. I've got a uh, affirmation app. So you push your thumb on it and a daily affirmation pops up. I look at five, six, seven. I got more than a dozen. I'm on the phone. I'll look at those, post one or two my favorite. Facebook page, and then start my day with exercise, working out. But first thing, regardless if my wife is still sleeping or not, I give her a kiss. I love you. And then I get out of bed, and I, that's the first thing I do, as opposed to checking emails and already drowning myself and getting behind on the day. So first things first, you've got to take those positive steps. And then I go right to the window and look outside. I look up. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And what I'm going to start doing now, sir, thanks again to you, is be mindful of my breath. I'm breathing. I'm living. I've got so much to be grateful for. Now let's make this day even better than yesterday. And folks, you can do it too. And let me share this story with you that's in the book called Magic Boy. Yes, sir. Um, I I was a big pop star in the Philippines, and I was on my way to do a TV show to promote the album. And I'm sitting in traffic in my big car, fully air-conditioned with my driver, and I'm moaning and groaning and complaining like some spoiled, rotten, entitled kid. (laughs) You know, why am I in traffic, blah, blah, blah. And I looked over at the side of the road. And they have a thing called squatters. I mean, the, the poverty level in the Philippines is amazing. And I looked over at this boy, and obviously, by the shanties, the cardboard houses behind him, he was poor. He was probably born into poverty. He was probably several generations of poverty. But it was like a scene in a movie. Everything went really silent, and everything was in slow motion. And I looked at this kid, and I kid you not, I think he was playing with a stick and a rock. And there's pollution and noise and food vendors and chaos and just all around this kid. And he had bliss. 
the look on his face, and that's why I call him Magic Boy, and he ended up in the book. He had the magic, me with all my material trappings and eagle-fed, you know, um, garbage that I was so great because I had the number one song in the country, and I was so unhappy. This kid had mastered everything that I hadn't because everything was external. Well, for him, his acceptance, and this is powerful if you want to have peace and, and, and balance in your life, acceptance. This kid had accepted, this is my day, and I'm going to make the best yes. of it. So here he is, a dirty, in poverty, you know, in a dirty pair of shorts and flip-flops, playing with a stick, stick and a rock. rock. While all this, yep. Yeah, all this crazy negativity is going on around him, and he had bliss. I kid you not, I sunk down in the backseat of that car. I was so embarrassed. I mean, nobody saw me but me. But I, it really had revealed myself to me of who I was at that point in my life. And very shortly after that, I gave up my whole music career and came home. It wasn't too long after that. But that boy in that moment, that aha moment, gave me that sense of clarity that, like the Dalai Lama says, the person who is richest is the one who could be happiest with the least. least yep. And when you lean over and you kiss your wife, good morning, sir, you are the richest man in the world. Darn right. Absolutely. And, uh, well, that, that's a lesson I like to call the right hook of reality. Bang. It forwards you right then and there because we get caught up in our own world, our own personal ego, and it's all about me and what I'm caught in traffic and I'm late for this and holy cow, I'm stressed out because I got three appointments coming up, da 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 And then you see something like that and you're like, whoa, what the heck? But it's it, it happens. Well, it's how you condition yourself. Like we talked about laying that foundation. And for years, you had a you had a pretty rough foundation. You had a lot of crap built up on that foundation. So you had to dig through some layers, the same as what we had talked about with me, with my foundation growing up. I know we shared a lot of stories about our fathers kind of, you know, in a sense, being similar, you know, putting a lot of pressure on us, never being enough and always trying to please our dads. And uh, like the whole life was always trying to please dad. And I could never get that approval, could never get that acceptance. Well, over the last several years, I've accepted the fact that dad did the best he could do with what he had. And that was, you know, he's, he's a good man, but he grew up in a different era. He grew up in a different time. We didn't connect, but I, I was trying, I, I guess, to please him. But all in his heart, I think all he wanted for me was to be the best person I could be and to let me know that life was tough. Life's going to knock you down. So I'm going to do what my dad never did for me. It was kind of his mindset is I'm going to be hard on you. I'm going to be there when I need to be, but I'm going to be hard on you to let you know, almost like the boy named Sue, because when you're out on your own, you're going to take a lot. So it, it was all about me getting inside me, digging back. And I just had a conversation earlier this week with my dad, and we have a better relationship than we've ever had. And I actually got something out of him that I've never gotten before, because we in every conversation, I, hey, dad, I love you. He goes, oh, yeah, me too, me too. So <laughs> we were talking the other day, and he goes, well, um, he was kind of stumbling. I knew it was coming. I was so happy. He goes, tell your family I love them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just like I'm driving along and I literally almost had to pull over. It just melted me. And I'm, dad, I love you. Thank you. He goes, I love you, too. And I'm like, yes. But it's all about wow. he that's who he is. And I I needed to discover who I am. And that's about being the best person I can be, not to try and please dad or anybody else, knowing that I'm doing the right thing. Well, and I think that's really important. You know, I used to say it's OK that my dad beat me because his dad hit him with a horse whip. So that's all they know. It's not OK. But through acceptance, that that's just the cards I was dealt. I recognized I was just the unfortunate, unfortunate person at the end of the stick he was shaking. You know, I internalized it like it was all about me. And I think that's what hurt my self-esteem. That's what hurt my self-worth. But when I recognized, wow, it's not only me he's beaten. He's beaten my sisters, too. And he beat his kids in his previous marriage. And he just beats anyone that's, that's in his path. And I said, wow, it wasn't me. 
So once I could accept life on life's terms, and I, it doesn't rationalize that what he did was wrong. Sure. You know, beating people is wrong. That's a stone cold fact. And to say it's okay because his dad beat him with a horse whip? No, no, because what I'm doing then is I'm not honoring my feelings. I'm not, you know, embracing that for me. That's not cool. So I had to come to that realization too, because I used to rationalize it all the time. Well, you know, his dad hit him with a horse whip, so it's okay. You know, he doesn't know any better. But hey, it's not okay. And once you can recognize that, then you realize, oh, it had nothing to do with me. No. Wow. And well, then I was able to heal that a lot better. It, it's sort of like uh, the movie. Uh, it's an older movie uh, with uh, it was Richard Gere, Officer and a Gentleman, where he thought the yeah. drill instructor was just after him, but that's who he was. Yep. Essentially, you know, yep. you thought your father was only beating you, but that's just who he yep. was. And uh, yep. um, you, you, in that life experience, you don't know what you don't know until you gain the experience and the wisdom <laughs> to learn what you didn't know. And then what you're doing here, sir, is you've pulled back the layers with your book and your speeches and everything else you're doing to let others know that, look, yes, I'm achieving a level of success now, but I know there's much, much more greater success out there that you're going to achieve. But you started from humble beginnings, pretty much saying, look, the old cliche, if I can do it, you can do it, but you got to be willing to make the right choice. You got to be willing in the morning, as you say, take the right pill. And the right pill is the pill of you may not feel like it, but get up and be you and be the best you you can be and do what you can. You know, and we haven't talked a whole lot about this, but uh, something that really always resonates with me, with me from you, sir, is the samurai, to serve, to serve, to serve. Do what you can to, uh, to help out others. Well, I think that's super important because then you get out of your own ego, your own self. Believe me, I complain I had no shoes until I saw a man with no feet. There's always, always somebody out there that's got it a lot worse than I. And if I can take, and sometimes, you know what's beautiful about this, when I can't do for myself, then at least I'm able to do for others that day. And that does slowly increase myself or slowly increase my self-esteem. There were times I had no money in my pocket, but, you know, I'd buy the guy behind me a Starbucks. And, and just because, and sometimes... That, on those days, that helps too. What I can't do for myself, it's so much easier to do for others. It's like giving advice. It's easy to give other people advice, but to take the advice for myself, it's yeah. a different day, right? And sometimes Absolutely. those days help. Yep. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, I used to make sandwiches, and right after Thanksgiving, after a big Thanksgiving dinner, I'd make sandwiches and with an apple and a juice box and go down to the Civic Center here and feed all the homeless. And people ask me, well, why do you do that? Well, because, you know, I grew up with so little to sit there and have this big spread on my table and not share it in some way, somehow with people is insane. It just it felt guilty, it felt bad, it felt wrong, even though I've earned it and, and, and all that. So the counterbalance, the yawn to that yin was to make a bunch of bag lunches and go give them out to the homeless. You know, whatever gets you through the day. But the bottom line is no matter what you choose to do, as long as you believe you're becoming a better version of you each and every day, so be it. But on those days you take two steps back and you're actually the worst version of yourself you've ever been, you know, you got to be okay with that too. You really need to. And most of us aren't. That's why we live in shame. We keep secrets, skeletons in the closet. If you put it all out there, it, living transparently is so much easier for me today because I don't have to put up a facade. It's all out there in the book. Yes, I mean, sir. Everything I've done, good, bad, and indifferent, is in that book. But you know what? I don't have to hide anything. And that alone just opens things up to unlimited potential. Ah, yeah. Excellent. And folks, once again, yeah, it takes a lot of energy to live a lie, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because you got to remember who you told it to and what lie you told to them. And before you know, it's going to circle yeah. back around. And yeah, in, in your book, you opened your soul up and you poured it all out, pretty much saying, hey, here it is. You know, 
Take a shot at me if you like, but here's who I am. Here's what I've battled through, and here's what I'm going to do, and here's the reason why. And it's, it's all about yes, – it gets back to what we just talked about, uh, continuously talk about, ego versus humility. And the reason why that's so powerful – well, you've explained it there, but from a personal experience, being with the organization I was with and kind of always trying to please dad, uh, I had – and you never – I at least I didn't. I never admitted or wanted to admit that I had an ego. The, what I had was low self-esteem and low self-confidence, so I tried to inflate that ego, if you will, to make up for those, uh, you know, lacking in those two areas. And what I found was, it, it, you know, a, a lot of stories relate back to grandma. My grandma, she passed away a few years ago, but she was definitely my foundation when I was having trouble my whole life. She was kind of there. Now, my mom and dad, they're still together, which I'm happy about, and they're living, their, seriously, their best possible life ever. They've got a place at the lake. They spend a ton of time there, and I think dad has finally kind of found his peace, if you will, his Joan Sook, his internal peace, which is great. But grandma was my stone, and uh, she would always say, Richie, make sure you're putting God first. Richie, make sure that uh, you're reading your daily Proverbs. Richie, don't let your pride get too big. Richie, you're getting awfully egotistical here. And I'm thinking, Grandma, you, you don't understand. You don't understand. But it was those lessons that I just you know, wasn't ready to learn, but she was trying to plant those seeds of positivity, of humility, of honor, integrity, discipline, and respect in the mind. I guess well, discipline and respect was always there because Father was in the military, but those seeds because she could see on the other side, if you will, of garden, there was a lot of negative weeds that were kind of taken over. So that was her cornerstone with everything she said and everything she did was all about be you, but make sure your pride, pride comes before the fall, which, you know, that leads into another story. I think we talked about this on the last show was my dad would always say, son, take pride in your work. Don't be a lazy butt. Take pride in your work. Do this. And then my grandma would say, hey, don't let pride, you know, pride comes before your fall. So I was like, cross, what the, the yin and yang, right? Well, dad says to take pride in my work and do my best. And grandma says, don't be too prideful. What the heck? I, I, and that was, that was well, really I think a, what grandma was really saying is watch out for false pride. Yes. Which, wow. is really just a, which is just another veil of ego. Sure. You know, and, and that's what it is. Because you should take pride in, you know. A great spiritual teacher taught me that because <clears throat> I don't hang trophies in my school. There's no pictures of me. You wouldn't even know that I own the place. <clears throat> not good that's with incredible. compliments. I'm not good with any of those things. And that's very important to me. So, but he said, what I want you to do nice. is sometimes at the end of the night, before you leave the school and there's nobody there, stand in the middle of that floor, take a deep breath and just pat yourself on the back because you had to do the footwork. Like they say, God helps those who help themselves. I can sit in my room and pray all day long, but if I don't get off my butt, if I don't get off my butt and do the footwork, nothing's going to happen. So it is okay, you know. It's okay to stand there once in a while and go, "Wow, I did that. That's incredible. I did that. I, I actually made that happen." So that's mindful pride. I think that's what Grandma was really saying. Oh, yeah. Look out for false pride. Look out for false pride because false pride is just another form of ego, right? And so there's a huge difference there with that. So I understand what your dad was saying, sure. you know, because I know how dads are. I, I'm a dad. I say this all the time to my wife. I got to teach our son to hunt. I got to teach him to hunt. She goes, what do you mean? We live in San Francisco. He's got to be a man. I mean, yeah, he's got to go out there and negotiate the urban terrain and make a great life for himself and take care of his family. and So I get that. As a dad, it's very innate. That's the reason men pee standing up and women pee sitting down. They're two different creatures. Women can bear life. You know, we're just trying to help life grow, right? I mean, we can't do what a woman does. No. You know? She grows a baby in her. She feeds that baby, you know, with her body. She grows that baby with her body. We can never experience that. 
or even come close. So what we do as men is a totally different thing, Absolutely. right? We're the nuts and bolts blue collar. That's just what the majority of men do, yep. per se. Well, Whereas I, women are the nurturers. The uh, the old saying is, if uh, men had to give birth, the population would cease to exist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There is no I had way. A kidney stone. Yeah. I, I had a kidney stone once, Richie, and they told me it's equivalent of a woman giving birth. I said, if it's even close to that, I never want to have a kid. Never. <laughs> Never, never. When I was passing that kidney stone, it was like, no, no, no. I never, never, never want to have a baby. You know, so I get that. But I think uh, it's really what you, and I, uh, what you and I both share, Richard, what we're trying to say to the world is that this isn't a dress rehearsal, you know? No, one this is shot your life. And, you eat, and every day you wake up and you make that choice. Take the red pill, take the blue pill. You could live in negativity. You can live in positivity. It's totally a choice, but it is work. It is work. And when I say happy on purpose, like in my TED talk, I'm very passionate about that. It is work. You have to work to be happy. Uh, love shouldn't be that hard. Yes, it is. Love is very hard. Yes, it is. It's very hard. And people say that uh, the relationship shouldn't be that much work. You know, yes, it is because it's worth it. You know, we work so hard in our businesses because we, it's worth it to be an entrepreneur and a small business owner. We work so hard on ourselves because we're worth it. We work so hard on making our relationships work because they're worth it. And it is work. So for anybody to tell you, buy my, you know, buy my seminar, turnkey operation. <laughs> the silver bullet. True. <laughs> yeah, the silver bullet, the holy grail. It's just not true, sir. No. You know that. You've All been right. around this world for a while. Everything is hard work. And I love hard work. I embrace hard work. I don't shy away from it. And I don't, I don't sit there and tell them, oh, it's easy. That easy. No, it's not. Well, that, no, that, not. that creates the value. You know, uh, if you work hard for something, no, when you're going through it, you're like, gosh, darn. But you put in the time, energy, and effort and reap the benefits of the other end. Sort of like a farmer pro- uh, planting his crops. He's going to plant those crops, and there's no guarantee that he's going to get a return on his investment, his time, his energy, his money. But he believes in himself and he does it. And the old Jim Rome talks about this quite a bit. You know, the farmer plants his crops, he nurtures it, he goes through, he cultivates the land, he does everything he needs to do, and then one day before the harvest, a hailstorm comes and wipes out his crops. Those things are going to happen, but he's got two choices. One, say, you know what, that's it, I'm done, I'm never doing this again. Or two, you know what, for nine years in a row, I had a pretty good harvest. Yep, this is a setback. Yes, financially, this is going to hurt. Yes, this doesn't feel good but I'm going to go with the numbers. I'm going to go through the process again and know that I'm building something better. And it's the same thing. You're not always or, going to be successful. Or, but, yeah, but or Richie, if he chooses, sell the freaking farm and start a new business. Yeah. See, that's the other side too. <laughs> yes, sometimes, sir. Sometimes, sometimes we stay with it and stay with it and stay with it when really we're supposed to be doing something else. Yep. You know, I've, I've had several lives in this lifetime. I've owned several successful businesses, bought and sold, bought and sold. When I'm not passionate anymore, when I feel like my purpose is fulfilled, then you have to be willing to turn left instead of going right. And when people are still trying to shove a square peg in a round hole and they're going, I'm not successful. I've been at this for 30 years and I'm still not successful. Well, maybe you're not meant to be successful at this. Go do something else. So yes, we have sir. to be aware of that too. And that open-mindedness is really important. How many people have died on the farm? You know, and failed completely and gone bankrupt because they don't know when to let go. I'm not the captain. I'm not going down with the ship. I'm going to throw the dinghy in the water and say, come on, everybody. Let's hop in their life raft and go. Right? See, that's ego. I'm the captain. I'm the captain. I must go down with the ship. Right? I must go down with the ship like in the movie Titanic. No way. Let's get some more boats. Let's tear this boat apart and make some (laughs) other life rafts that you ran out of them. (laughs) Right. And and let's sail away. Why go down with the ship? That doesn't make any sense. That is ego. 
Well, you know, the, the, the soil's not fertile. We need to go to fertile soil. You know, you're not going to make much grow on concrete or, or soil that just isn't receptive to the seed. So that's a good one. And don't go down with a shift. I, I, I like that. And there is a time, yes, I don't want to say a time to quit, but there's a time to check your ego. And then we keep circling back to that. And, you know, it, and I hate to keep talking about the Federation, but I just want to build with the audience because I know there's others that are going out there or with that. You think you can't get out of your current situation because you've been in it so long. You, you can. You know, I spoke with a guy the other day who was in his 30s, and he was talking about, oh, I hate my job. I hate this and that and complaining. And uh, he's going out drinking every night. And I said, dude, <laughs> you're going to work for another 35, 40 years if you hate your life and your job right now at 30 years old, how the heck do you think it's going to be 35, 40 years in? It's not going to get any better. And, of course, what does he say? The complacent fixed mindset, it's just easier to stay where he's at. Oh, well, I've got, I've got five years invested. I'm like, five years? That's not invested. <laughs> that seed hasn't even taken root yet. Get out and be somebody different. You know, stop watching, binge watching Netflix and everything else you're doing. Stop going out every night. Start investing in yourself. And that brings up, and I shared this line with him, which is one of my favorites of all times. It was by Charlie Tremendous Jones. The only difference between the person you are today and the person you're going to be in five years are the books you read and the people you meet. It all starts with one book. But once again, it's not easy. It's simple, yes, but it's not easy. But as you just said, you know, sometimes you just got to pull those crops up or say, you know what, I'm selling the farm and move on to something else because that wasn't your calling. Well, and you know me, they call me the disruptor. In yeah, the I was going to get to that, the I've, disruptor, yes. I've, 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 I've come into it. I've come into this industry and introduced a new way of doing business through innovation and service that's equating the huge profit, profits for everybody. <clears throat> but I want to tell you, you know, Somebody asked me the other day, what books am I currently reading? And you know what I told them? None. They go, well, how come you, you know, that's an earmark of someone successful. You're supposed to read every day. Well, you know what? There comes a time you need to put down the book and start applying it and applying it to life and writing your own story, writing your yes, own sir. book and living it. Yeah. At 55, I'm in the business of me. So I'm investing in me. I don't want to read Seth Godin. I don't want to read anybody else's stuff right now. And that's not narrow mindedness because I've read so much. I've sat in every seminar. I've done it all. There comes a time I need to be my own seminar. There comes a time I need to read my own book and learn to master myself. And that's very, very important. And I'm going to encourage that to the listeners. Find that balance. Man. Find that balance. Because we can. We can be a professional student, Richie, and just sit yep. there and, because it's safe. I know I'm taking this course. It ends on this date. I take a final. I take a midterm. I read this book. Oh, I'm finished with this book. Well, give me another book. Give me another book. So yeah. that again can become a whole nother set of distractions. And it's safe. You're the professional student. You see him walking around campus. He's freaking 40 years old, has 10 MBAs, and he hasn't done anything in life. Nothing in the real world where it really happens. Like jujitsu. I can sit there and read jujitsu in a book, but unless I'm on the mat applying it, it means nothing. <laughs> It means nothing. So it's the same thing here. Please be mindful because I also sit with people like that. Well, you know, I've read this. I've read that. I've read this. I said, yeah, but what have you done? What have you done? Get out there. Get dirty. Fall down. Write your own book. Well, what if nobody reads my book? It doesn't matter. Write the book because you have a story to be told. And I think that's important as well. Right? Always a student, never a master. Well, there needs to be a balance some days. I'm learning to master myself and I need to be okay with that process too. Otherwise, I'm always a student and I'm just a professional student, never living life as it should be meant. And that's through practical application. That's awesome. The, uh, <laughs> and the, the, my wife was just pounded me the other day. I was getting out another book to read and she says, no, put it down and you need to focus on your book. 
write your book. You've yeah. read enough. You've done. Yeah. And I, I recircled back around in uh, uh, Seth Godin's Tribes. That's why I keep kind of referencing that. I listened to that book Love again. That book. Love and um, I yeah. picked up on so many other things. So instead of trying to read, and there's a lot of new material out there that I want to get to, but that was her thing. You've got enough knowledge. You've got enough. Now get work on your book. Work on your book. And here <laughs> you're saying the same thing. So law of attraction, man, it's coming, <laughs> coming at me. But, but uh, come on, you've read so much. Tell me, is there anything really new and inventive out there? Isn't it just repackaged, regurgitated, regurgitated and yeah. redone? It, well, it, it is. Tribes have been around for what? hundreds of thousands of years. Tribes have been around since the, the, yeah. the, the beginning of time. Everybody wants to be part of something special. Everybody wants to get on board. Everybody wants to be a raving fan. You think Seth Godin invented that? No. It's been around since the beginning of time, right? Everyone's part of a tribe. Everybody wants to be part of something special. Everybody wants to belong. What? Is that some earth-shattering revelation? Ta-da! It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's right. not, though. See, that's what I'm saying. There's probably nothing really new out there other than technology data with writing a Facebook ad or doing a click fun or something like that. Realistically, we're people, we're humanity. Everybody loves, everybody dies, everyone gets sad, everybody wants to be happy. That's, that's, you're not going to learn that in a book. You're going to learn that by getting out there and living it. Now, you are. with that being said, though, I, I'm going to get back to the book, because if I wouldn't have read this book, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have the insight that I do now. And that's your book, Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of Reluctant Tiger. And I, once again, what makes this book so special, it's from the heart, and it's teaching me and teaching anybody else that wants to be a better person that, look, it's inside. You've got to pull back those layers. You've got to accept that what you're planting is what you're going to harvest. You know, if you're planting uh onions where you're going to get onions uh, onion seeds you're going to get onions on the other side you're not going to get strawberries so if you want something different if you want a positive life you've got to turn off the negativity and start planting the positive but just know it's not going to be as easy as a flip of the switch Uh, something i want to share not yeah you're going to take you're going to take the lumps and the bumps and knock down but you got to go through it but you be you and uh, what two points here uh, but 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 richie who are you See, how can you be you if, if you, you don't, don't know even who, know you, who are. you are? Yeah, who am I? Right. Well, and, you know, boy, oh, boy, just we, we're going to have to do this again. <laughs> we just keep going on different things. I uh, Until I'd read Start With Why, I had no idea what a why was. And then, sir, until I started watching your, your videos, which inspired me to do my own uh, videos. And, and, you know, once again, the videos I was doing at first three, four years ago were not that good. I know that. But you, you were the inspiration I needed. All I needed was one voice, and you were there saying, hey, Keep putting it out there. Keep being, you know, finding who you are. And, uh, you know, you always end your uh, video blogs with, uh, uh, oh, goodness gracious, live your best possible life, right? And right. Go out like, there and live your best life. Go out, you, you go out there and live your best possible life. And I was like, well, I like that a lot. I don't want to take somebody else's. I need to be my own. And I'm, uh, You can take it. No, and, no, you know, no. I'm that, just regurgitating. You know, something that's else right. I created, I'm sure. That's yours. <laughs> so I, for countless times, what can be mine? And I've changed it up, changed it up. And the one I've got now is you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. And that means that whatever you do, you be the best at it. And it may not I, – I had uh, – and I know you had a music career early on and had great success with that. Yeah. I had kids exercise videos and had pretty good success. was kind of competing with Karen – or uh, uh, Denise Austin and Billy Blanks. Boom. But those oh, God, co- I remember Denise Austin. <laughs> so but those kind of – I don't want to say went by the wayside, but that was something I was really good at, but I didn't know how to take it to the next level. And it all came back once mm-hmm. again – Peeling back those layers, which I was afraid to do. And for the longest time in the martial arts, I had a huge, huge disconnect between who I wanted to be 
and who I really was. And what I mean by that was I was Master Grogan because I trained in Korea and I've had 30 something years, about 40 now, but in martial arts. And so you're the master and no, you don't, the parents need to be bowing to you and the students need to respect you and you demand the respect. And, you know, that was planted in my brain. I never liked it, but it was there and I bought into it more than I'd like. And until I said, you know what? I'm done with this and left the Federation, which of course was a whole new, I mean, leaving anything you've been with for a while creates more havoc and headaches and pain, but it was worth it because I, that self-discovery, my number, our number one black belt principle is humility. Now before we, we didn't have black belt principles. I didn't even know what those were. Our whole thing was you lead with an iron fist. It was a traditional Korean martial art, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. tongue sudo, and you know you bow and don't you dare smile and don't you laugh and those kids need to be doing knuckle push-ups until the knuckles bleed. And you know I've got a degree in kinesiology, and I'm saying well that's not even good for them to do knuckle push-ups because their hands haven't fully developed yet. Are you back talking your senior? Well, I've got you know it was it was not good, but until. I made that tough decision to leave. You know, that's when the life started getting better. Now, it doesn't mean it was easy for the longest time. And we're still fighting a few battles. But uh, more and more and more as we're moving on, it's for the right thing. And I see the right direction we're heading. And I've got a balance between the person I was born to be, the person that I'm projecting to the world, and then, of course, the person I know I'm going to be. And it all gets back to Grandma. You know, I didn't understand the messages then, but now I'm starting to get it. I get it, Grandma. Your whole definition of pride is what it says in the Bible about, you know, pride comes for the fall. Her whole thing was, yeah, be prideful in your work, but don't let your ego run who you are. Be humble. Peel the layers back. And it's just crazy, and I know you talk about this all the time, sir. You just don't know what you don't know, but maybe you're not ready for the lessons at the time they're being taught. But as long as those seeds, you know, continue to, to I guess, you cult, culture the seeds, cultivate the seeds, and nurture them, they are going to grow into something. But you got to believe in it. Well, and, and what is belief? Yeah. You know, belief is, is knowing something that can't be seen or can't be touched or can't be felt. Everything I've ever created, whether it's writing this book, whether it's a new business, whether it's my life skills program, one day, there was a time it didn't exist. Yep. And so belief is having that faith that if you do the right work, if you live the right life, whatever that means for you, that the results will be some sort of prosperity and happiness, not necessarily monetarily, but believing in that, you know, Absolutely. and that, that takes, that, that, that takes a lot of courage because everything's, what's my ROI? What's my ROI? I'll do this, but how much am I going to make? How much am I going to make? How about just do it because it's the right thing? Do it because it makes you happy. Do it because you're giving back to, to society. What about that? What about just simply that? You know, but a lot of people don't get that Mm -mm. because we're so fixated on what, you know, what's, what's in it for me, me? what's in it for me versus what can I bring to the table? In the words of JFK, that's not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Any relationship, any situation you walk into, just bring a skill set and say, what can I do to help versus what I get out of it? If I help, oh man, that changes everything. Well, and you know, start with why. If you're why, and that's something I never heard of before until I started surrounding myself with powerful people that think this way, you've got their vision, your purpose, your mission, your goal, your why. Why are you doing it? Why is first because you're doing it for the right reasons. You may not know how the heck you're going to get there, but if your why is strong enough, that belief in what you're doing is the right thing to do to help society, to help people become better, to kind of get back to the roots of, you know, I want people, I want to treat people the way I want them to treat me. Maybe they don't, but I'm going to do it in hopes that they're going to start doing this by me leading the way, but have that powerful why and the how will present itself. Or Martin Luther King, you know, we often get intimidated when we look at the whole staircase. Why don't we just start with the first step and have a direction of where we're going, and then we can climb that next step when we get there. 
Well, yeah, and, and again, that faith is really what that's about, right? Absolutely. Do you have the faith to trust the process? Do you have the faith to understand you're right where you're supposed to be today? You know, can you have faith with that? We often talk about that, how back in high school, life was so simple. I had no money at all, but it was simple. <laughs> Music was great. You know, it was just learning about girls. And it was so simple. Everything was so, so simple. So I was rich then, too. It's, it's learning to be okay where you are today. doesn't mean you're not going to move forward and make progress and all the rest, but to just be okay nice. with where you are today. If I'm sitting on a train in Germany traveling from one school to another, I'm okay. If I'm sitting in an airport, I'm okay. If I'm just sitting with, with my son, cuddling, you know, looking at something on his iPad, I'm okay. And, and, and that's super, super important because only from that place of okay or peace am I ever going to be able to move forward. You know, I, I can't move forward when, when I'm blinded by um, discontent. Yes, sir. Wow, wow, wow. What a show. Holy smokes. Well, sir, really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything uh, you're doing for the community, for the world, to make people believe in themselves and live, learn, and grow. Lessons of Reluctant Tiger. And I think that's a, yes, now I think that's a great title because, yeah, you were reluctant to change just like everybody else because you don't know what you don't yeah. know, the unknown. Yeah. The yin and the yang. People ask, why did you put that? Why didn't you just leave it as live, learn, grow? Why did you put lessons of a reluctant tiger? Because we are reluctant to change. We're reluctant to being our best self because we got to be accountable. We got to own it. You know, my wife says to me, and I want to leave you with this. She says, I will never tell you a secret. I said, yeah, because I can't lie. Where I used to be the best liar in the world, you know, perpetrating the fraud growing up. And she says, I would never tell you anything because no one, you can't keep a secret. I said, I don't want any secret. <laughs> don't tell me. I don't want any secret, you know, because if you tell me, I'm going to blurt it out. I don't want to live a secret life. I don't want to do that. It takes way too much energy to perpetrate a fraud and create a facade and be something that I'm not. I'd rather spend all my energy on the good stuff, you know? Well, like you said, you, so, you, you are black all the time, so you don't have to worry. That's one less thing you got to worry about. You're leaving your mind open for creative thought. You're not trying to, man, was yeah. I not supposed to share this secret? Was I supposed to keep this to myself? Well, essentially, you've got yeah. your cup full of garbage, or maybe not even garbage, but just things that shouldn't be in there. you got to empty that cup, keep it open so you can uh, absorb more knowledge. Oh, beautiful. Yes, <laughs> don't tell me a yes, secret. Sir. I don't want it. I love it, love it, love it. I don't want it. Um, well, sir, one more time, if you could tell our listeners how they find you and, uh, you know, with your... Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. For all my services, whether it's consulting, one-on-one, -on -one, I do all those different things. Just go to brandonblisa.com. If you want to pick up my book, Live, Learn, Grow, Lessons of Reluctant Tiger, go to amazon.com. It's available in hardcover. You can download it as an e-product and read it on your Kindle, or you can listen to the audio version of that book with me narrating it. Um, and he does an excellent, excellent job. <laughs> it, it's really, really good. Yeah. And I always think it's great when the author himself or herself narrates their own book because they can really emphasize the points of of meaning that meant something to them, whereas somebody else that's reading it for them, you know, they're not going to know what points are really deep down. I mean, you may get it out of the content, but you're not going to get that feel as you do when the author's reading it themselves. So excellent job, sir. Well, yeah, and it was super powerful. I mean, just as far as the learning experience for me, I'd never narrated a book. So it was very powerful for me to go through that process. And there were times I had to stop. I mean, I cried. So there was still some healing left for me to do as I reread some of the stories and went to relive some of those experiences of my childhood and my life. And I actually had to stop and cry. We both, the engineer was crying. We're both sitting there, wow. Said, well, yeah, you know, that's good stuff. That's the power you know, of the book there. And yep. It is. And, and so narrating it, I didn't understand why I needed to narrate it until I was in the middle of that storm. But it was all worth it. Awesome. And you, you do a, uh, for your success live or success never sleeps. I'm sorry. And yeah. It's success never sleeps. We're on three nights a week. We're on Wednesday nights at seven 30, Sunday nights at seven 30. And the other day I just show up 
Um, it, it's crazy. We're up to like a thousand live viewers anytime we show up somewhere. And it really is. It's part business. It's part life, but it's everything. And life is everything. Um, so that's, that's blossomed into something amazing. I have great sponsors with Rainmaker and Century who are supporting my vision and the movement, the movement of services, the new profit where we do actually do the right thing. And the byproduct is we make great money, not good money. We make great money. We're not art. We are not people who suffer for art or people who celebrate our art and are very prosperous through service. Through oh, service. So, that's beautiful. Um, that's the best ever sleeps. Just go to my Brandon Belisa. Go to facebook.com slash Belisa, and you'll be able to, you know, watch it there. They're all available at YouTube as well after the fact. They're also, if you want to go back, people listen to hundreds and hundreds of hours of this show. And again, innovation you know, I was one of the first people to take Facebook Live like this and turn it into my video podcast, yes, as one would call it, uh, when nobody else was. I was the first guy sitting in the car doing videos. Now everybody in our industry does videos <laughs> in their car. Disruptor, Well, it's not ego because I'm sitting no. in that car and people at first were going, this guy's a nut. What's wrong with him? Look, he doesn't have a library behind him. He doesn't have a big microphone in front of him. You know, he, he's not credible. And he's just some guy in a black hood sitting on his stairmaster at home <laughs> riding his bike. What's up with this? What's up with this guy? Pretentious stuff to me. Yeah, you see it. You know, everyone's got the big library behind them. Look at me. I've uh, read all these books. See all uh, these books uh, behind me? I'm They're guilty. My books. I'm guilty. I've read I'm guilty. I got a big giant microphone. Are you guilty of that, Rich? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't even know that. Oh, uh, that's okay. You know, and well, it got the big because that's speaker 101, right? That's yeah. podcast 101. Show that you're credible. Put something nice. Well, you know? I didn't, I didn't realize that was the thing. I just thought it was nice uh, uh, background for the uh, the video there. But yeah, that's well, what a lot of videos go. were. You know, then, but, but, I uh, do but it in the studio now. So <laughs> yeah. to me, it's, to me, it's, it's all about content. Oh, and you know, who's, a, who's a master of that? Gary Vee. He don't care. Oh, yeah. He's unshaven. His hair's jacked up. <laughs> you know, he'll be sitting in, in his car, getting out, walking to the airport. He don't care. He understands it's about relevancy and frequency. Relevancy and frequency. And as long as you do that, your content will cut like a knife and will be the value why people tune in. People don't tune in to me because, you know, I've got the latest hairdo and the cool scenery behind me. They tune in because of the content that I offer. I offer awesome. so. That's just my take on it. No, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, folks, make sure you check out uh, his book from Amazon.com and then get the Audible book, it, Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger by uh, Brandon Beliso. And you, you, you've heard the podcast. You heard him on the podcast before. And I think we're going to um, – if, if, sir, if we can – Do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do this absolutely. again. You and, know, yeah, because that's part of my disruption. I don't have a podcast. I don't want a podcast. I don't want to sit and have guests on my show. I praise you for that, sir, because you give me a medium to be able to get out there and communicate. <laughs> so I actually go out there. I'm doing an average of one to two podcasts every two weeks now. I'm uh, always incredible. somewhere spreading, spreading the gospel of service and, and, and helping people see that. So I'm grateful there's people like you out there. Well, Otherwise, I'd have to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm grateful. Thank you very much. And then uh, I know we spoke before about having little segments uh, each week that uh, you could interject what's going on, maybe what you've talked about in your success never sleeps, or maybe even a conference in Germany and you pick something up. So if that's something we want to do on a regular basis, just have you know a little five minutes from Professor Brandon Beliso on the podcast. That would be another great outlet for you to get your message out if that's something you're interested in, sir. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very open to that. Anytime I have the opportunity to share, um, I, I feel it's, it's, it's my purpose. It really awesome. is my purpose. And the, the purpose is great. And uh, when you say starting a movement, that always gets me excited because the movement is all about us realizing 
in order to reach the level of success, to be the person we were born to be, we've got to have humility. We've got to check that ego and realize we don't know what we don't know. We also, we make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Just accept that. Accept responsibility. Be accountable for who you are. And then you've got nothing to hide, right? You don't have those secrets, as you said. You don't have this cup full of garbage that you can't empty out because the only way to imply new knowledge is to empty your cup. And obviously for our non-martial art listeners, that just simply means keep an open mind. Well, folks, as always, thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy day. I realize how sacred time is. It's the most valuable commodity. And the fact that you spend an hour with us uh, listening, learning, growing (laughs) to live your best possible life from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very, very much. Professor Beliso, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day. All right, folks. I'm grateful. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.